Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach to Care It Out and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show. You're listening to your host, Kerry Secker. I'm an infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach to Care It Out, and I am on a mission to get you and your small a settled night's sleep without all the tears, training or techniques. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Whether this is the first time you've picked up this podcast or you're a seasoned sleep stalker, as you like to refer to yourselves, big welcome. And I really, really hope you find this podcast useful, reassuring and helpful. That is always my intention behind anything I put out there on the old internet is, is it helpful? Is it reassuring? Is it useful? And I really hope you find um, through listening, you feel reassured. But most importantly, you take there's some little simple sleep suggestions that you can that are helpful and that you can then go put into practice at home with you and your small. I'm going to get I'm going to dive straight in today because um, I've got a lot to share with you, as always. Um, And today I want to talk to you about long awake periods during the night, a.k.a. the parent party. So I call long awake periods during the night a parent party, though you don't need me to tell you that they are not much fun at all. They're not fun for you, they're not fun for your small, and it is most certainly not a party. Um, I don't want to trivialise it, I know it doesn't seem probably seem like it, but I'm really not trivialising um, the lack of sleep the impact of lack of sleep by calling it a parent party because i know that it impacts everything family your mental well-being physical well-being emotional well-being it impacts everything being awake during the night and i'm really am on a mission to get as many of you a settled night's sleep as possible with all without all of the three t's as i like to call them tears techniques or um training Um, and I'm really hoping that by sharing this all with you it reassures you that you're not alone but most importantly that it gives you some suggestions to try to help minimize the partying at night I really really hope so so I also want to reassure you that if you are partying away at night time it really can feel like it can't it at night time it's dark no one else is around it can feel like you're the only one up and doing something but you are not alone. Um, there's a lot of people or a lot of parents that have or are experiencing um, a parent party. And actually, I did a recent poll. It was earlier this week, actually, um, with my Instagram followers um, about this. And a whopping 75% of you, that's massive, um, have or have had or are experiencing a parent party um so this shows you sleep seekers you are not alone and i really hope even just that fact comforts you if you're up at tonight or whenever you're listening to this that you're up and you can't get your little one back to sleep you are not alone and a big shout if you follow me on instagram big shout out to you on there as well thank you for taking part um in the poll it was really interesting so let's crack on then let's get going with um what is a parent party so 
For me, a parent on my approach, a parent party is a long period of awake time during the night. And this awake time can range from anywhere from an hour to four hours, but some might be less, some might be more. Um, I think it might be worth noting actually that the average time it takes a little one to get back to sleep at night time after a feed, like to have a feed, wake up, get sorted, wind, burp, settle back to sleep, is around 30 minutes. I wouldn't necessarily call that a parent party. Again, can be tough waking up, tiring, um, but I think for me, a parent party, it really is a long sustained period of a, where they really can't, they're awake for a long period and they find themselves not being able to get back to sleep. Um, during this parent party your small can be either full of beans like really enjoying the party and they for older ones they might be um pointing to the door red like literally raring to go pointing to the door wanting out some of you might actually even come out of the room um they're really getting into the swing of it um, and for younger ones they might be quite happy cooing clapping playing chatting you know they really want to interact with you at that time of the morning which is cute um but not at 3am in the morning or it might actually go the other way they might you you might find your small is really frustrated angry and upset that they found themselves awake um but they can't get themselves back to sleep i, I find that really really common because I think it's more common actually like some are full of beans and really raring to go and ready to enjoy the party but the majority of smalls I see on my practice and I can only talk from my experience on my practice is that they're frustrated upset annoyed and some are actually you can even see them trying to get back to sleep but they just don't quite know how um and yeah this is really 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 common um and they might not be giving you this this impression but i do believe even when they're up partying that they do they don't want to be up any more than you do they want to go back to sleep and that frustration is because they just don't quite know how they don't understand why they're up and they don't know how to get back to sleep now it's important the parent parties can happen at any time of the night i've seen them range from really early on in the evening to later on in the in the morning um but the most common time is post midnight and the reason why this happens is because from midnight something very important is happening i call it magical midnight that again doesn't always seem like that but from midnight two things happen one your small's melatonin levels melatonin is a sleep hormone their um, melatonin levels start to decrease quite slowly to begin with at first at midnight but by 3am onwards the melatonin le the melatonin levels have decreased rapidly until there's no melatonin left at all from 3am onwards and as the melatonin levels decrease so does the peak pressure that drive to get to sleep decrease decreases as well so it's very very common that if your little one wakes up past midnight they find it harder to get back to sleep and that's even if they're up for like they're at their biological best what i call sleeping the best but their ability and having a feed it's quite common that you will see that they might take a little bit longer to feed or a little bit longer to get them back to bed get them back in their cot get them back into their sleep space because of the melatonin so that's why if you've if you if you've um having a bit of a party and it's post midnight and you're wondering why that is probably why um it's happening at that time of the night it can happen the other way i've definitely it's less common but i have seen um sleep situations where you get your little one down for bed for maybe 10 15 minutes but maybe even half an hour an hour and then they wake up they're awake for a good couple of hours and then they go back to sleep um 
but yeah, can happen any time of the night, but most commonly post midnight. And I hope that really is useful as to why that happens. So let's go on to let's dive in and go through why do they happen. Now, I am going to be honest with you, which I always try to be. I really value honesty, transparency and being upfront. I don't know the reason why your little one is up. Um, and I don't know that until I'm working. I've spoken to you, their expert, and I know what's going on with the manual, aka the bed boss, your little one. But what I do know is what I don't know the reason why at the moment without speaking to you but what I do know is that you are not the cause of the parent party and again I know that doesn't always feel like it because it's so easy to to look inwards and think gosh what am I doing to cause that what can I do to make it better but it for me it bedtime the behavior around bedtime sleep naps whatever we're dealing with it always boils down to biology so it doesn't feel like it it's natural to look at yourself and think oh my goodness what am I doing I'm getting it all wrong but there is almost always biology behind a parent party it's i've never looked at a sleep story and gone yep it's the parents because it never is and the other thing that i want to go through is that it's very rare that it's just one reason um behind a parent party either it's quite natural um when there is a struggle at night time who doesn't get sleep obsessed and pour over patterns and try and work out what's going on but it's very very unlikely to be just one thing and i don't believe parents you're making mistakes or doing any of the wrong things even though it doesn't feel like it um but what tends to happen is is when there's a big sleep struggle or a wake period such as parent party we get really laser focused that it's just one thing and i hear it all the time i've nailed my naps why they're waking at night time i've nailed the bedtime routine why is the bedtime routine why aren't they sleeping at night time um and in all honesty it's because it's so rare that it is just one very clear-cut reason why they're up and they can't find themselves unable to get back to sleep um everything is linked with a small so behavior sleep going to the toilet food diet and in sleep everything is linked which is why i look at all of every my whole approach is very holistic i look at everything all of those four things and then within sleep i look at four areas as well and i call these my four sleep steps for subtle night sleep again you might have heard me talking about these if you've been listening for a while but these are naps naps and bedtimes so are timings bedtime routine bedtime boundaries how your little one is going to sleep i'm actually going to talk about that in a minute and then what we're doing at night time and it's usually um a combination of two or more of these things that are causing um an unsettled night sleep or a parent party okay so that gives you hopefully that gives you some reassurance to realize actually that it isn't you causing it um it's about biology so now i'm going to move on to some of those um reasons and explore two of the most common reasons behind a parent party so number one the most common reason behind a parent party is the bedtime boundary so a bedtime boundary is simply how your little one goes to sleep so you might know them as a sleep prop a sleep crutch a negative sleep association on my approach, everything is as simple and straightforward as possible. Your bedtime boundary will either work or it won't work. It's never wrong. It will just work or it won't work. An example, some examples of bedtime boundaries are feeding, rocking, shushing, patting. Now, none of these things are the wrong thing. And for some little ones, <clears throat> you can feed, rock, bounce, pat them all the way to sleep, and they'll either sleep through 
I know, or they're sleeping at their what I call their biological best. They are waking for the feeds they genuinely need and sleeping the best of their ability, which is where I'm, that's always my aim is to get parents to that point. It's not to push them to join the sleep through crew. However, for some little ones, they get, they have what I call a bedtime boundary block and the bedtime, how they went to sleep can cause a bit of a parent party. And this comes back to, I was mentioning it before, all about safety. Everything we do always boils down to biology and keeping ourselves safe when we're sleeping. So what happens is, is from four months old, we all cycle, um, sleep cycle, not cycle on our little bikes, but sleep cycle through the night. And it's a safety system to make sure we're safe whilst we're sleeping. And from four months old, your little one has two sleep cycles, light and deep sleep. So they start off the night in light sleep, then they go into deep sleep, light sleep, deep sleep, all throughout the night. And just as they come out of their light sleep cycle, before they go into their deep sleep, they rouse and do what I call change checks. And these change checks are always done before they go into their deep sleep because that's where they're going to be the most vulnerable. So what happens is your your little one goes to sleep, rocking, however they go to sleep, they wake up, they do their change check. For some, it's not for all, but for some little ones, they wake up, they realise there's a change from how they went to how they realise there's a change from how they went to sleep, and then that change means that they wake up and they they find themselves not being able to get back to sleep. And it's again, it's a safety system. They need to have what happened at bedtime replicated exactly to tell their body that it's safe enough to go back to sleep. So how, um, I hope that makes sense as to why that's a very, very um, brief sleep summary of a bedtime boundary there. Um, And the reason why um, bedtime boundary can cause a parent party, and as I mentioned before, for some it makes no difference. They'll be fed, rocked, in fact the majority, and they either sleep through or they have the feed to go back to sleep at night time. However, for some, what can happen is they wake up, realise that there's a change, that change can mean a compromise to their safety and then they need whatever happened to go back to sleep. And in the beginning of the night, pre-midnight, when melatonin levels are at its highest and that drive to sleep is also at its highest, it's quite quick. They get pulled back into that sleep again and they can go back to sleep okay. However, from midnight, what can happen is the melatonin levels start to decrease and what can happen is that that bedtime boundary then, they might need more and more of their bedtime boundary to get them back to sleep or it can stop working altogether and hello parent party and um, post midnight uh, bedtime boundaries can cause a parent a parent party like they wake up they want to go back to sleep but they can't the bedtime boundary just doesn't work to to tip them back over into that sleep or from 3am onwards when there's no melatonin in their system whatsoever and they've got their wake-up hormones what you might find is they might not be awake so to speak um, so you might not be partying, but they constantly need something to get to sleep. Does that make sense? So they might need constant feeding or constant rocking or constant patting. So that's the bedtime boundary block and why that can sometimes cause um, a um, parent party at night time. And I would probably say from with the parent party, it's that's probably, that's why I've done it first. That's probably the most likely reason behind a long wake up period. And I think it's important to, to say here that I don't push independent sleeping. I don't believe in self-settling or self-soothing. I need to do another podcast episode on that. Otherwise I'm going to get sidetracked with this. Um, but bedtime boundary it's such a personal thing um and whilst I don't push it for some little ones it really does impact it and 
for if it's frequent wake ups during the night like it they're not it, then they're going back to sleep within that 30 minutes it's very unlikely that it is going to be a bedtime boundary on its own there would be other things to look at but if you've got a bigger wake period like it's a really solid block of awake time during the night this is when i would be coming to look at what's happening as they go to sleep aka their bedtime boundary And then the second most common reason behind a parent party, and again, I promise you, you're not doing anything wrong, you're not making mistakes, but it's supporting too soon. And what I want to say about this is that going to your small any time of the night, whether you, if you feel that you need to get to your baby, they're asking for support, that can never, ever, ever be the wrong thing. But at night time, it's very, very natural. What I mean by supporting too soon is that my whole approach is if at night time is if they're asking for support we always meet your small at that point of need i don't believe they can manipulate you or they're up just for the fun of it if they're crying they're asking for support we always support them straight away meet their need meet them where they are however it's also normal within that for your little one to wake up at night time and do what i call natural nocturnal behavior so and some are really noisy with this as well so noisy nocturnal nat- noisy natural nocturnal behavior i do love alliteration and what can happen is it's very very normal and natural for your baby to make noises at night time shrill shriek clap play coo practice chatting rolling over cock cruising cock crawling bed exploring all of these things and just because they're awake at night time doesn't necessarily mean that they're asking for support. For me, it's a trust thing. We have to trust, which is really, really hard, that if your small needs you, he's gonna, or he or she is gonna let you know um, often very loudly. And then they have to trust that if they ask for support, you're gonna go to them straight away. Um, so going to them, as I come back to the beginning, supporting them at night time is never, ever the wrong thing to do, ever. But there is such a thing as supporting them too soon. Because if, they're wake, if they wake up and they're just doing natural nocturnal behaviour, what? and we go in, because to be honest, everything they do at night, I call it the sleep siren, everything they do at night time, every shriek, peep, coo, far, it's going to sound like really dramatic and a massive call to support from you. Um However, just because they're up at night time, it doesn't necessarily mean they're asking for support. Um, and if we go in too soon, if they're not asking for support and we go in there, their first thought probably is, ah, oh, mummy, daddy, you're in here. I didn't ask you for support. What's going on? Ah, oh, it must be party time. It must be play time or awake time. So, of course, nobody ever does this intentionally or on purpose. But by going in there, if they're not asking for support and we're supporting too soon, we're actually reinforcing that because you're there, it's time to get up. So I hope that makes sense too. So how can you stop a parent party? This is the biggie, isn't it? The big question. How can you stop a parent party? And 100% prevention is better than cure if we can because once they're up, it's very tricky to get them back to sleep. And that's because they either need something, either their bedtime boundary that's stopped working altogether, or they need to have, um, they need a long period of awake time to build up that peak pressure to get them back to sleep. So once they're awake at night time, um, we either have to wait it out until they're ready to go back to sleep, or they're too exhausted to carry on anymore, to stay awake, Um, hence the parent party. Um, Most things on my approach, it is all about prevention rather than cure, because once you're there, it's very difficult then to move out of that party, 
or leave the party. Um, but there are some things you can do. And I've got two tips on this, um, one for bedtime boundaries and one for supporting too soon. So let's look at bedtime boundary first. So I went through, um, hopefully that explanation was quite useful and quite clear as to why a bedtime boundary can um, cause a parent party. So the biggest tip I can give you on this is to, for tip number one, is to keep the bedtime support simple. There is no sleep shame in supporting your little one to sleep. It's not right or wrong if it's working for you. However, if there is a parent party going on at night time, one of the biggest tips I can give you is to keep that um, that settling to sleep as simple as possible. So if you are feeding to sleep, try to stick to feeding to sleep. If you're rocking to sleep, try to stick to rocking to sleep. If you are patting to sleep, try to stick to patting to sleep, etc. Because we do need to bear in mind that, um, again, for some little ones, um, the bedtime boundary doesn't have any impact on the night at all. But for some, we do need to bear in mind that the more in, in more information, the more support, the more intervention they get at bedtime, the more information, the, what is wrong with me? The more in, intervention that they may need when they wake up um, and they're going to find it hard to get back to sleep. So I call it, try to keep the support simple. Try not to pull out all the sleep stops. It's so hard at bedtime not to do that. You just want to get them to sleep. So you pat, bounce. And I'm just doing all the things that um, when I was a nanny that I've done, bounce around the room, march around the room, bouncing, pat, squat, all sorts of things. You can laugh at it. Play music, um, all of these things. If there's lots and lots of things at bedtime and it's not simple that can have an impact on them stitching their sleep cycles together. So it makes sense that if we are supporting them to sleep, then we want to try and keep it as simple as possible. And for some smalls, just doing that and keeping the support really super simple, that can make a massive, massive difference um, to their sleep at night time. Um, and when we're making a change like that, I'd always recommend keeping that the changes. Like if you're... Um, keeping it really simple at bedtime I would suggest doing that for at least three to five nights to see if there's any changes first it does take a while for things to pardon the pun here bed in if that you don't notice a difference we might then have to look at changing how your little one goes to sleep and as I mentioned before this has got nothing to do with self-settling self-soothing um nothing like that it's all about just getting them to that there's no check there's no um, changes when they do their checks at night time and that can be quite a big changing bedtime boundaries can be done but it's quite a big process to be able to do that and I would need to know more what's going on but a really great tip I've got for you is to try not to when I'm making changes to bedtime boundaries I do tiny tweaks over time so going from a baby that's say for example breastfed all the way to sleep to then going into their cot that can feel like a marathon or climbing Mount Everest. And you wouldn't just go out and run a marathon or start climbing a mountain without doing some kind of prep, unless you're absolutely crazy. Um, and it's the same with little ones. When we're making changes, we don't just go full pasty and start looking um, at getting them to that point. My biggest tip would be tiny tweaks over time and make each chunk it down into more manageable sleep steps. So you might go from um, feeding to rocking first, then rocking to holding still in your arms, and then holding still to in the bed, rather than doing it all in one go. Um, 
but yes for some little ones if the parent parties don't stop that quite often is the key is to change the bedtime boundaries and then the second tip is is respect their sleep space so this comes back to um, supporting them too soon and my biggest tip is when they wake up at night time is to ask yourself what are they trying to communicate to me it is so easy and I again I've done it myself to react rather than respond we just wake up sometimes with a massive jolt and we just go straight onto autopilot and respond uh, react to them rather than respond we're actually just taking a moment to breathe you know they're safe you know they're breathing they're making a noise breathe ask yourself what are they trying to communicate to me and if they um they're doing that natural nocturnal behavior they're kicking around eyes are open they're eyes um arms and legs are pumping they're singing cooing clapping basically anything other than crying if they're not crying and emotionally easy i would try and give them that sleep space and they will either stitch their sleep cycle back um together or they're going to ask for support and if they ask for support we go in and we always meet them at that point of need and meet those emotional needs then And then the other thing is that, so that's the first thing, is make sure we're respecting their sleep space. And by doing that, we're preventing from getting in there too soon and disturbing them. It sounds so ridiculously simple, um, and I know this stuff, and I've definitely done it myself, where I haven't done it for ages, but if I was night nannying, or I was looking after children over night time and I heard a noise and I'd find myself in their room thinking, what am I, and I literally just picked them up, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm meant to be doing these steps, so... It's one thing to know it, completely different ballgame to actually put it into practice, but that it can be a game changer, just making sure that we are respecting their sleep space and we're not supporting them too soon, because if we're supporting too soon, we might, don't, we're definitely not doing it on purpose, but we can disturb them and actually whilst we think we're getting them closer to sleep, we can actually be taking them further away from sleep. And if you find yourself in there, a little bonus tip for you is to roll up your response as well. So when you go in there, it's so easy to go in there, all boobs and bottles are blazing. Um, got a lovely image of um, everybody running in in the night with that. Um, meeting their needs if they're asking for support at night time is always what I would recommend on my approach I always believe that if they're crying at night time again I mentioned this before in the podcast if they're crying if they can't manipulate you I don't buy into that at all that's a whole other podcast I'm going to come on to such a complex process to do and I mentioned it before that they don't want to be awake any more than you do so there is a if they're crying there is a genuine reason why they're awake and it's not soft spoiling them taking them further away from sleep if we meet that need but another really super sleep suggestion um is to roll up your response so if they if you realize they wake up at night time you ask yourself what they're communicating to me they're not in sleep space they're crying they're emotionally uneasy we're going to go in and support them my biggest tip, roll up your response, always go into them, but build up to the big guns, the bottles or the boobs. So what that would look like is you go in or, and actually this is a really good thing to mention, you can, um, whether you're room sharing, bed sharing, co-sleeping, everything I put out on, or pretty much everything I put out, it doesn't matter where your little one is sleeping, um, you can always put these tips in place. So yeah, let me go back a bit because I thought that was really, really important because I often get asked questions on Instagram, have you got any tips for co-sleeping? And I always say you can apply anything, anything I suggest you can apply, it doesn't matter where they're sleeping because I don't push that they've got to sleep in a cot 
or on a bed it's where your little one is sleeping is up to you but yeah we've just they've woken up at night time you've asked yourselves what they're communicating to me they're not in sleep space they're crying they're emotionally uneasy we're going to go and support them we're going to go in calmly and roll up our response and what that would look like is the first step is you would make eye contact if you can don't buy into this no eye contact nonsense we always make eye contact if you can say a little sleepy sentence it's okay baby bob mummy's here daddy's here you're safe it's sleepy time and then i think it's always a positive practice even if it's really super quick to try and settle them back into their sleep space their cot or their bed put a hand on them um try and settle them in give them a little zhuzh give them a little pat just give them that opportunity even if it's really super short to get back to sleep in the place in their in their sleep space and then if that doesn't work then i would go to picking them up cuddling close see if that helps and then if it that doesn't work then on to a boob or feed or a bottle so i hope you found that helpful um and then the last one is this is the last thing to wrap it up then is what do you do if you find yourself invited to a parent party and you don't want to be as I mentioned before, prevention is definitely better than cure for all of the reasons I've just gone through. Always a genuine reason why they're up. Once they're up, try to see that as a symptom of something that's going on on in their setup. So once they're up, it is very difficult for them to get back to sleep without the bedtime boundary, that that's not going to work, or they've got to build up that peak pressure again. But if you do find yourself invited to a parent party, my suggestions would be to keep it as calm as possible. Um, that could be really difficult because for everybody's sanity you might want to put on the tv or go downstairs or or start playing and interacting but again that sometimes can reinforce that actually it is time to get up and play so if you can my suggestions would be to try and stay in their bedroom or their their sleep space try to keep it as calm and dark as possible and keep interaction to an absolute minimum if you find though that for everybody's sanity you need to get out of the room you need to do something you need a bit of a bed break then by all means do that um but yeah if you can ideally they stay in their sleep space and it's calm quiet and it just re- again it's reinforcing that message that it's quiet time um and if you do find yourself like that's just not working they're screaming to come out bring them out and that's when i would probably be looking at um working on the cause of their um, parent party i really hope you found that interesting useful and reassuring i mentioned in the beginning i um, that's always my intention for any of these podcasts thank you so much for tuning in big love and sleep solidarity to you all and i'll see you in a couple of weeks Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carrot Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found the podcast reassuring, informative, and a little bit fun. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, and I'd be so grateful if you could leave me some fabulous feedback. I always love hearing from you, and one lucky listener will win lifetime access to my Bedtime Basics e-course every single month. My next podcast episode will be out in two weeks' time. But if you can't wait for more of my sleep shizzle, you can find me over on Instagram at Carrot Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity to you all.